You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. The guest on this episode is rather special. It is Mr. Zach Wilde, the longtime guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne, not to mention his own, I guess you'd call it a solo band, would you? Or his own band, let's just call it that, Black Label Society. Black Label Society have an album out. It is called Grimmest Hits. We talk all about that. That's actually the reason for the conversation, but I just can't resist diving into so many other irresistible episodes throughout Zach's career. Let's go and have a chat to Zach. Here we go. Hello there. Hello, it's Andy McCoy-Smith calling. How are you? <laughs> What's going on, man? Mate, I'm doing very, Watch very well. I'm watching right now. I'm having a glass of Odin Force, and I'm watching How the World Ends with Nastradamus. Um, the one thing I'm noticing that they haven't mentioned, I'm figuring that the world's going to end. It's the day when all Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath records are no longer available. That's what that's what I'm yeah. going with. That's my prediction. It's it's going to be it's going to be some. It's going to look a little bit like that, isn't it? But, mate, as long as you're alive, the world's not going to win because there's going to be somebody around to at least be playing those songs. You know that? So I think we've got that to count on. <laughs> so even if they're not available, available, mate, we've got you to to rely on to be bringing the music to the people. <laughs> music in the vein of the, of the big two. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's a pleasure to be talking to you. I've got to say, I've followed your career, believe it or not, since um, I was about 10 years of age. So that's uh, 1988 or 89. Wow. You know that. Um, ever since I first heard you um, way back on a track, and you'll remember this track, of course, and I'm going to ask you a question about it at the moment, on a track called Fire in the Sky. Uh, yeah, I remember, uh, actually, that track, Father uh, John Sinclair wrote that one. Down, 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 down. That's the one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I've had a few conversations. Look, I've had a few conversations over the years with Bob Daisley. Um, and, of course, because I wanted to ask him all about his career, and because that was one of the first records that I ever got into. Um, I know he, he had a lot to do with the creation of the album, mate. So, mate, if this can be my first question for you... What are your thoughts about that album there, and what are your recollections about working with Bob? No, I love Bob. I mean, it, it, working with Bob was awesome, and Bob's as I mean, Bob is hysterical, you know. So, I mean, there was no shortage of us cracking up, laughing all the time. But yeah, Bob's super creative, and Bob's, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's a shame all the things that have gone on between. Uh, you know, it would be great if they yeah. were still buddies and everything like that. But it's just like. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they're a great team together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Bob's lyrics and, and stuff like that. I mean, those first two records with St. Rhodes are just, I mean, those are legendary classic records, man, for sure. And, I mean, they're, they're the template for the Aussie sound. That is the Aussie sound. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Great. yeah. That's the formula. And that's how, yeah, I mean, put it this way. That's how a Big Mac, I mean, all the dishes at McDonald's, that's, that is the Big Mac and the Quarter Pounder. And, and the cheeseburger. So I mean, everything and the French fries. So everything that we make after that is, but you know, is in. But that is the beginnings of of the Aussie sound. Whether me and you come up with the fish fillet and the chicken nuggets, you know, I mean, but it's it's yep. it's still in the vein 
of, you know, the Big Mac, the quarter pounder, and the French fries, and the cheeseburger. So, I mean, that's, that's the, those first two records. That's the Aussie sound, for sure. But no, I mean, you know, uh, but Bob, yeah, I mean, Bob's bass playing, and then, you know, Bob's bass playing is cut from the same cloth as, like, um, you know, James Jameson, where they all come from. You know, Bob Daisley, yeah. Paul McCartney. Absolutely, and, yeah. And John Paul Jones. Yeah, and, and then and you have Bob. Bob is, like, you know, cut from the same cloth as all those guys. And then, you know, that's where Bob gets it from. Bob's, yeah, because it's... it's his bass playing so musical, so you know, and his lyric writing with Ozzy is just phenomenal, man. I mean, it, it just all you got to do is just listen to those two records, and all the records that we did together. You know, I mean, did yes. No rest, and then uh, and Bob, Bob played on No More Tears. You know. Yeah, it's actually you said something very. You said something that that uh, it's such a pleasure for me to hear because there's so much synchronicity between your thoughts about Bob's bass playing and mine. Because I'm a bass player too, and because he, you know, you know, he's Australian, so he lives in Sydney. And as I said, I've had a few conversations with him over the years. But particularly in the track "Breaking All the Rules," I said, I said to him, I said, "Your bass playing in that track reminds me a lot of James Jamison's." And you just mentioned it. And you, you're a bloke who's played with him. So I'm so glad that I had those thoughts all those years ago about his bass playing. And you've just confirmed it. And you definitely know, mate, because you played with yeah, him. Yeah, I think, you know, like, yeah, when me and, yeah, without a doubt, like when me and JD talk about, you know, like how you talk about where things all come from. But, you know, where it's like with James Jamerson, because he was just so musical. You know, so like when you listen to the way he played pentatonic scales and everything, like, you know, like the nah. Hmm. Like number one, the Zeppelin. Don't do don't 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 do You know, I mean, that's like James and stuff. So, and you know, you have John Paul Jones, and like I said, Paul McCartney, and then you know Bob. You know, Bob is cut from that cloth without a doubt, man. So, Bob's playing on playing on. You can't kill rock and roll. You can't. You know, tonight. I mean, it's because it's just super musical. Yeah. Oh, and probably my favorite bass line of his is uh, the one that he wrote to Little Dolls. Yeah. Yeah. God, that grooves that one there. But it's such an underrated track. Did you ever? Do you ever get an opportunity to play that track with Ozzy? Is that one that'll ever make the set list again? Do you think? No, I don't. You know, I mean, tonight. Never made this. I don't even think played that when St. Rose was around. You know that one, and then when Jake was playing with him. So we've never done that. I mean, we've never done. I mean, you know, the only ones that we do like that are kind of out of the box was like Believer and stuff like that. But we've never done like Little Dolls or Tonight or you know stuff like that off a diary. Hmm. But, uh, but it would it would be fun? Can't kill rock and roll stuff like that. You know, the mellow stuff. Yeah. Hey mate, let's let's talk about your new album actually, because I just um, I got a copy of it yesterday, and it, it is called Grimmest Hits. And look, at first I thought it might have been when I heard about the the album title. Actually, I got to say I thought it might have been a compilation similar in theme to t- the Typo Negative album, The Least Worst of, and that it was something of a career retrospective. But it's not that at all. It's an it's an album of all new cuts. And from what I've heard, mate, it, it continues your great tradition of blues based um, Southern rock and roll. But, mate, what's your take on the album? I mean, where do you think it fits into your stellar canon of work that you've offered to date? Well, I think that's the reason why it's Grimace Hits, because people ask, they're like, Zach, is this the greatest hits record? And I say, why, 
No, because in order for it to be a greatest hits record, you need that one important special ingredient, and that's hit songs. And we don't have any of those. So therefore, it's because the record company asked, Doc, is there any hit songs? I said, no, the answer to that question is rather bleak and grim. So that's therefore we went with grimmest hit. So this way, when someone listens to it, they go, Oh, you already hits on this record. You go, exactly, Jack. That's why it's grimmest hits, not greatest hits. <laughs> and, and people go, wow, this fellow really is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I tell the wife, and I say, now you know why you're lucky to be with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. And um, let's take it back a bit further again, if you don't mind, because as I said, I, I am an old fan, and um, Pride and Glory is the album of yours that I've got to say it's probably the one that has stayed with me the most through uh, your career and Harvester of Pain in particular that's a, a phenomenal track and look I really feel as though the album set a very high bar for you and really was a proclamation that you weren't going to be swayed by the trends around you at the time because this is in the early 90s or mid 90s I should say that it came out um, you, you have your own take on rock and metal and that's exactly what it sounds like so is this an album that you think um, helped you establish yourself as a, you know, I say as a, as a solo artist. Of course, you're always so well known for your work with Ozzy. But where do you think the Pride and Glory album sits in your career? Um, yeah, without it, without a doubt. I mean, it's just uh, it's obviously my love for uh, Sabbath and Zeppelin and the Allman Brothers and Skinner, uh, Bad Company, the band, uh, Elton John, Neil Young. Um, and even some of you know, like, uh, uh, found a friend. I mean, it's kind of <clears throat> got like, you know, um, reminiscent of like Percy Sledge and Sam Cooke, you know, like the chord progressions and the way hmm. it goes. But I mean, uh, really, it just, it's just my love for all that style of music, which is still what it is today. I mean, like I'm going to sit in the mellow songs and my love for all that's the mellow stuff, whether it's bad company or, uh, the band, or Neil Young or Elton John or, uh, you know, the Percy Sledge, Sam Cooke, or, you know, like Harvester of Pain reminds you of it's kind of like a Creedence Clearwater type thing. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think with everybody, it's just, through all our favorite bands or any artist, you're, you're a reflection of what you digest and what's in your DNA and what you, what you love. You know what I mean? I think with all bands, I, you know, I think, uh, Obviously, if you listen to, you know, Zeppelin, it's obviously all the blues stuff that they loved. And then, like, you know, Jimmy Page said, he loved folk stuff. He loved country stuff. They loved, obviously, they loved Elvis. They loved stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a reflection in their music. You know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. it's, it's just all blues-based stuff. But, you know, it's, but they, but with more aggressive. it's more aggressive and it's more, and just amped up more. So, you know what I mean? So, but, you, you know, and I always tell everybody, you know, when there, when there, any parents ask me, hey, Jack, you got any advice for my son or my daughter, or whatever, you know, they're playing music, I go, yeah, whatever it is they love playing is what they should be playing. Hmm. I mean, that, that's it. Because, I mean, if that's the only way you're going to excel at what you do. It's the only way. I mean, I'm just saying, uh, because then it's real, and it's and it's where you belong. You know what I mean? Because there's no yep. sense in, and it's, you know, it, it, there really is no sense in doing anything else other than that because that's the only way you're going to shine so uh mm -hmm. you know in all the bands i mean like you know when you think about it guns and roses 
I'm sure the record companies were telling him a million times, you got to do, uh, you got to end up playing, you got to sound more like Bon Jovi. And, you know, <laughs> and then when Guns N' Roses, they stuck to the biggest band in the world. Then Soundgarden, they were telling them, you need to get more tattoos, more bandanas, and you need to be more like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And they were like, but that's not who we are. And they stuck to their guns. And then when grunge was the biggest thing on the planet, I'm sure all the record companies were telling Green Day, you need to be more like the grunge guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're, they're like, yeah, but that's not where we, you know, we like the clash and we like the sex pistols and we like all that stuff. Right? You know, that's not where we're coming from. You know, so like all those bands I just mentioned, they stuck to their guns and they weren't swayed by what the climate of music was at the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they became the climate of music. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think if anything, you, you know, stick to what you, what you do and because <clears throat> that's where you'll excel. You know, there's no sense in trying to be something you're not. You know what I mean? It's just because it's a waste of time. Yeah, no, agreed. And look, I think part of standing within your own truth and playing the music that you want to play with is you've always worked with the musicians that I think you've wanted to work with. And I've already mentioned Bob Daisley, but another fantastic bass player that you've worked with is James Lomenzo. So is there a possibility that you guys could ever team up again? Yeah, you never know. I mean, James is out. He's rolling with, uh, you know, John Fogarty and everything like that. I still talk to Brian. We're all still friends. Hmm. So, I mean... Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> between you know, but between Black Label, Zach Sabbath, and then now this season going to be playing with Oz again. So you know, yep. in between fitting in you know, my anal bleaching appointment, shaving my legs, <laughs> and doing dishes and laundry, now <laughs> we could always put that somewhere on the on the schedule to fit in a five forty two record. You know? Yeah, no, for sure, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, talking about your guitar playing. You know, you you are a very different player to Jake, who was a very different player to Randy. Did Ozzy or Sharon ever give you an explanation as to why you were the chosen one at such a young age, especially since you were so different to all of the shredders of that era? Because you really had your distinct sound from day one. Well, they said, you know, I mean, it was just like basically I said, Jackie, I just want you to play with your heart. And then he said, make me a ham sandwich and go light on the mustard. <laughs> and then I did that. And then he, he had the sandwich. He took a bite and he said, this is perfect. He goes, because that's a hint of mustard. It's not overpowering. And then he said, good job, Zach. And then I said, thanks, Zach. And then he poked me right in the eyes. And I said, what did you do that for? He said, because life's tough, motherfucker. Now go make me another sandwich. And I, I was like, okay. <laughs> And he still does that to this day. <laughs> Actually, it was the first thing he did when I when we came back to you know band rehearsals to get ready for these shows. Yep. He said, "Zach, did you bring a ham sandwich?" I said, "Yes, I did." Us. He poked me in the eyes again, and he said, "Now go make me another one." And go right on the <laughs> so I've I've had um, the opportunity to see you live a couple of times here in Australia, and the first time I did was uh, I think it was Aussie's first solo tour, unbelievably, in 1998. I know he'd had some complications in the past trying to get down here as a solo artist. I know he'd played down here in Black Sabbath, but but what are your recollections of that tour? Because you had um, God, you had a great drummer that time around. You had Mike Borden, and you also had Mike Inez in the band. Was that a tour of note? that one there back in the late 90s because you looked like you were having an awful lot of fun on stage. I think, no, it was, it was, I, think, I, I know we did a, uh, I think we did a run of shows back down there but Randy Castillo was in the band. It was oh, me Randy, and Mike and sorry. It was the no more first line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It was the No More Tears lineup. And then, uh, yeah, it was great. <clears throat> Mom just needed us. She asked us if we'd do those, that run of show. I was like, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. To get the, you know, to get the gang back together. So it was awesome. You know, roll with Mike and Randy again. That was the No More Tears thing. So, uh, okay. yeah, it was a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because it was like, uh, last time Oz had been down there was with Sabbath. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was a, a lot of fun. It was, I, I was a real thrill for a lot of us to see that. And um, look, I'm not talking shit here, of course, but you toured about a month or two before Metallica came through town. And I've got to tell you, you were a hell of a lot better band live than what Metallica were. I really felt that they were a very slow and lumbering beast at the end of the world tour when they made it down here. But it was a, the energy that you guys bought was made, especially Oz. Um, you know, no comments about his age or anything like that, but the energy that the whole band bought was certainly made all the more significant when compared against the show Metallica bought a few months later. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's so, a lot. So, you, you've been doing this a long time, mate. You know, um, you've, ex you've experienced probably everything there is to experience in the biz. So, what motivates you? Um... Just the fact that we get to do what we love. I mean, that, that's it. Man. I mean, you know, I mean, like, you know, when we did Grimace, this new album with Grimace Hits, I was just as uh, excited going into the Black Vatican to record the record as I was when we did No Rest for the Wicked. You know what I mean? Because you want to, it's just, yeah, I mean, because once the thing starts coming to life and, you, and it just starts coming alive, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's the most exciting part of it. You know, it's just awesome, mm. without a doubt. And, and uh, yeah, so to me, I mean, it's just it's no different than if me and you played sports when we when we played, whether we, when we were players mm. and we were coaches, and now that me and you were team owners, it's every new season is exciting, regardless whether we won the championship last year. Or this year we we came close last year, so this year it's it's the 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 hope and the promise of me and you getting some new draft choices in and and pulling it off this year and winning the whole thing. So I mean it's just like it's the excitement of that, and then the fact that me and you yet yeah, me and you don't play anymore because you know we won championships as players, mm. but now and coaches, but now that me and you are team owners, it, now it's just like. We, we still get just as much of a rush as we did when we were playing and coaching. You know what I mean? Because of, of, we're in control of everything. So uh, I think that's what it is. And because you have passion for it and you love doing it, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like Dorian Yates, you know, he's like, you know, my favorite bodybuilder. But, I mean, the whole thing is, like you were saying, I just saw this thing on, on Dorian, and he just goes, after my last Mr. Olympia win, he goes, it started turning into a job. But whereas before it was a passion, and he goes, so I, he goes, I got out when I needed to get out when he retired, because mm -hmm. he because then it started it really started turning into a job. So you know, I <clears throat> maybe with like some of my friends and my peers, they they kind of feel you know because some of my friends feel that way about like man, Zach, you still tour. I mean, like we do like over three hundred shows a year, man. I mean, between Zach Sabbath and Black Label, and and or me and Dario going out doing the acoustic thing. Mm. And, you know, uh, now that I'm playing with the boss and stuff like that, so I'm constantly torn, So, yeah. but I love it. So, you know, uh, 
But I guess if it turned into a day job and I'm up there every night, it's just like I'm clocking in and i got to fucking play these songs again. You know what I mean? i got to play Stillborn again. I mean, if, it, yeah. if that was the case, then I, I understand. But, I mean, for me, I don't feel that way. Mm. Well, excellent response, mate. I better let you go. I've come to the end of my time. It's been a pleasure to talk to the great man himself. Um, what can I say? I'd love to uh, catch up and share, because I know you don't drink anymore, share a soda water with you when you come to Australia or a very strong, long black coffee, um, as we call yeah. it down here, very strong espresso. But, uh, but do you think you'll be coming down anytime soon? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. <clears throat> we'll be down there. I mean, all you got to do is just look on my Instagram, and you'll see when I start pumping out the, uh, the tour dates on all our social media. Yeah, sweet. Yep, yep. All right, mate. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to chat to you. All right, my brother. It was great talking to you as well. Tell the Australian chapter to stay strong. Keep bleeding black label. God bless. We'll see you when, we'll see you when we get down there, man. No worries, mate. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care, brother. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with the legendary Zach Wilde. Thank you so much for listening.